Okay, welcome everybody. Welcome to the Future of Curriculum. This is Eric Westendorf, and I am excited to be joined today by Dr. Maureen McMahon. Uh, Dr. McMahon is the Deputy Superintendent for Academics and Strategic Initiatives in Anne Arundel County Public Schools. And uh, Dr. McMahon, so excited to have you join me today. Thank you very much, Eric. I'm glad to be here. Super. Well, let's dive right in. Um, would love to have you give us a bit about your background and how you came to become Deputy Superintendent for Academics and Strategic Initiatives. So I, I didn't come to education sort of the traditional way. I, I, I went into the sciences. I thought I wanted to be a chemist. Um, bottom line is I still love chemistry, but uh, along the way, I substitute taught my way through college to make some money and and fell in love with teaching that way and so I finished my chemistry degree and and then uh, went into the private schools because you didn't need to be certified that way and along the way I earned a certification went into public schooling and really um, got the bug about how students learn and how how we can help them even uh, climb to greater heights and so I, I went into a graduate school and my doctorate fell into higher ed for a while and had the amazing opportunity to work with some folks uh, in the Boeing industry uh, aerospace industry out in California and they were focused on engaging community in rethinking how we were going to increase our stem pipeline that's a whole long story to say I ended up where I am now because I have this passion and interest for thinking about students learning differently and learning differently um, for me really includes the community it really includes the community being involved um, all along the way and not just um, if you happen to go on a field trip or or happen to have guest speaker in your classroom so yeah. um, that's it's been an exciting road to to travel. It, it sounds like it. I love the, the the serendipity of it, you know, the sort of yes. uh, heading in one direction and then sort of even just practically figuring out, okay, this is a way to make some money on the side and then suddenly realizing how how exciting it is to think about how kids learn and, and what's the way yes. to share something you're passionate about with, uh, with them. Um, right, and how to get them really excited about yeah. learning because it it needs to be more than just um, coming to school every day. Right, right. And needless to say, when, when you've had something that's clearly lit a fire around a subject like chemistry, it's then, you know, you, you see it differently. And then it's like, how do I help others see the beauty that I see here um, yes. in, this, in the subject? And that's, uh, yeah, such a worthwhile endeavor. I, I'm curious, you know, the, the importance of community, where sort of along your journey did the aha moment uh, come about like, okay, we got to engage community in this? So when I was working in California and the aerospace industry at the time was saying, you know, we have thousands of jobs and no people to fill them. And they held these meetings with educators and scientists and people from all sectors and all walks of life to say, the answer has to be in the many perspectives we bring to the solution. And through these many meetings, I came to be a believer in the fact that many people and many different perspectives uh, addressing one challenge 
ends up with solutions that you can even can't even dream of and when you take that into the k-12 sector what you end up realizing is we need to think about public schooling and schooling in general being more than just addressing the needs of our teachers we really need to think about schooling as being a, a challenge for all stakeholders in a community mm, so with seeing uh, ideas that were not necessarily the common ones being talked about in the school system from your experience at Boeing that suddenly it sounds like made you realize, oh my gosh, there's there's more here. And if we can bring this to bear and see it as a community endeavor, we're going to be able to get to creative answers more quickly. Absolutely. 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 And, and every time we open the doors wider and ask yeah. community members to come in, it, the successes just grow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, super. Well, let's dive into um, Anne Arundel and sort of your curriculum strategy, um, especially knowing that framing and knowing where how, how you're coming to the work. Curious how how you think about curriculum and how you think about it fitting into the district strategy. So I think the old model of curriculum was the what, the stuff, the stuff we give teachers to eventually give students. And we've started thinking about it as the why and the how. So how do we want to engage students? Because the content, the the idea of the content, if if you take something like the sciences or even chemistry, for example, a beginning level chemistry student isn't going to learn something so much different than the one learned possibly 20 years ago. But how you make that relevant and how you engage them and what you allow and and plan for them to do can be so very different. So we think about curriculum as ways to engage students and ways to open doors for them to stretch their thinking and realize what comes next for them. In other words, if they're an elementary student, how does this help me understand my world? And what can I do? And what can I feel great about after having learned something? And the learned isn't so much content as it is ways to apply content. So ways to think about um, doing something with what I'm learning as opposed to just learning for learning's sake. So whether it's elementary, middle, or high school, we're constantly thinking about curriculum as stretching students to apply knowledge and stretching teachers to facilitate that happening in a classroom or outside a classroom. Oh, that's that is is exciting because you can your point about relevance uh, right in the beginning. You know, once once there's that stretching around application, well, then suddenly it 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 it, ha it lives and breathes in the real world as opposed to just inside the pages of a book. Um, yeah, and the kids latch onto it so fast when they see purpose and relevance. So, how in terms of the um, materials that teachers have at their fingertips uh, in order to sort of support them in moving towards application, how does that need to change? How do you think of that differently as you shift from the what to the, the why and the how? So that's very difficult because you're changing not only what you give them, but you're changing their very culture. Right. Because yeah. they, they, yeah, they grew up, they grew up learning more about the what. And then when they moved them, they moved from learner to teacher. Um, 
for many of them, especially the five to 10 year veterans, they were still looking for the what? What are we giving these kids tomorrow? And the resources to do that with. And so now we're trying to get them to understand you need the resources to think about how to address these young people, but you need to think about where they are and who they are and what the community is around them so you can figure out how to contextualize what it is you're giving them and giving them opportunities to do. So it really does stretch us to think about the professional development for the teacher to be something different. And, you know, people are always talking about professional development means needs to be long term and it needs to be many, many touches. Certainly that's true, but I actually think it has a time element in it now that we have to plan for change on the part of an adult. And the time it takes and the 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 infrastructure needed to push that adult while allowing them time to play and test and pilot and constantly giving them uh, positive feedback, but also giving them opportunity to ask questions and, and struggle and be frustrated. And it's a different day to do this well. And so curriculum implementation takes longer <laughs> than it ever used to, even though many people would say curriculum, curriculum implementation is always a struggle. True, but, but it even takes longer now because we're asking them to change their philosophy and their culture of maybe even who they are as a teacher. Yeah, yeah. So, Tricky. Le, yeah, le, so I'm imagining, let's say that I'm, uh, I don't know, uh, I've taught for seven years, but I've just moved back to Maryland and, and I've got a job at Anne Arundel. Um, and I am expecting sort of the old way of getting my textbook or my, you know, yeah, my textbook. And now suddenly I'm realizing that it's not exactly going to be like that. What, what would it look like for me now coming in and what would the on-ramp be like for, for, you know, moving in this new direction? So depending on who you were, um, and, and how you approach teaching. I mean, I'll give you an example. Right now, we have re-engineered environmental science for ninth graders. So you may come in as the seven-year veteran into teaching science, and, and, and all of a sudden you come in and you're looking for the environmental science text. Yeah. And it doesn't exist. <laughs> and not, right. only does it, not only does it not exist, but the the course isn't a year-long course anymore. It's it's really actually designed in nine-week modules, and it's designed to be more hands-on and more student-centered than ever. And then we expect you to do field experiences. Well, we've built a lot of these field experiences for you, and you just need to sign up for them, but you need to figure out when to plan for them inside these nine-week modules so kids actually get the opportunity to see and meet scientists in the community. Maybe they get to go to a TED talk in the auditorium where there's a whole panel of experts that have been brought in from local universities and 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 who are scientists in and around our area. And they're gonna talk about these TED talks. And the kids are gonna be totally engaged with that. Or maybe it's you get to go to one of our local um, watershed areas and parks and engage in something that's related to what you're learning in the classroom, but normally as a ninth grader, you would have not had many 
academic field trips just wouldn't have happened and yep. now it's a regular part of the curriculum and so you're going to be a teacher who runs into us setting a different level of expectation but even the expectations themselves are just different to engage kids very differently than you would have maybe engaged them in another location or even in our system at another time so uh, the idea of less homework matter of fact we we said there really won't be any homework in this ninth grade class we put that as part of part of the build the build is as a ninth grade student, you should want to be here every day because it's such a cool place to be, cooler uh -huh. than being home, right? Yep. So so the teachers uh -huh. are having fun. I mean, they really are having fun. This is our launch year of this. They're having fun, but they're saying it's hard. It's not easy because this isn't the, the class that, you know, we would have traditionally right. taught. Right. You can't turnkey it. You can't just say, I know exactly what this looks like. There's a lot of room for invention in it and connecting yes. with the community yeah yeah and and really expecting the kids to get on fire about some of these ideas and then following their questioning and their ideas to you know to their logical ends and that's different yeah yeah given that i mean this is a great example do the teachers uh, is there this notion of core curriculum versus supplemental or they do they sort of just become one in the same in in, in the sort of service of creating these powerful experiences for kids? So that's a great question because in an ideal world, um, you want everything to be amazing. Of course, operating on the elective classes, especially at the secondary level, is much easier than operating on the core because people look at it as lower risk. Yep. So we, so we decided to go both ways at the same time. It's easier to operate on the electives. And so we even engage, engage the teachers in high numbers to give us great ideas there and really be part of the curriculum teams in large numbers to change the elective experience for students. But we decided you can't do this without also, if you're really gonna commit, you gotta commit all in. So we are also little by little operating on the core. So this environmental science class is the ninth grade core, right? It's one of the core classes. And mm. we're also operating on ninth grade algebra, which is a, a class that many students struggle with. And so we're, we're little by little, we're, we're changing the core. And then in a, in a more all in kind of way, we're changing the electives. So I see. And people are, people, I was gonna say, people know we're committed when we do both. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that you sort of have to take two different pathways or paces on those. Do you see the electives? It, it sounds, it sounds like you might see the electives almost like a um, a way of getting momentum for. I mean, they're sort of a, a, a valuable in and of themselves, but it sounds like also they're a testing ground and a way to build momentum so that the core can change as well over time. Yes, you've hit the nail on the head there, that the electives are a little, often they are semester-long electives, right? So they're a little shorter and a little uh, smaller in scope, and they have fewer students in them at any one time. So it, when we change an elective, it is kind of a pilot experience, and little by little we can change that elective and get teacher buy-in in smaller numbers, but faster. And right. then while we, while we do the opposite, opposite in the core we 
try little by little to change the core. We do a nice job of that, but you have to get bigger numbers of teachers to buy in. So you have to go a little slower. Right, right. Okay. And then sort of getting to the technical side of this, what, um, you know, in terms of technology, I think you all use a learning management system. What have you found to be helpful in terms of supporting this, um, this, this strategy? Right. So the technology does help us. I mean, we, we work in, in the cloud when we're uh, co-creating these various curriculum elements. And then we certainly have now our, our learning management system happens to be Blackboard, but it could be anything, whatever, whatever you're working on works, certainly. And the notion would be as it moves from the cloud in a co-creation experience, it moves into the learning management system and um, and then it gets edited in the learning management system initially internally and eventually with the group of teachers that will be using any one curriculum and then eventually it goes public. So the neatest piece even that has an infrastructure and um, uh, a project management timeline that goes with from development all the way through implementation feedback loops along the way from our teachers who are using uh, the curriculum in the classroom and then eventually well the feedback loops never end but eventually we do make the curriculum public so that yeah. the feedback can also come from students and parents right right so when you say make it public make it public as in that's what it's now that's what's now being used in the classrooms in a public way that's shared across the right and then teachers, not only teachers, but parents and students see it as well. Right, exactly. And, you know, as you described that process, um, is this something that instructional leaders primarily are involved in or a mix of instructional leaders and teacher leaders? It sounds like it would be fantastic professional development in and of itself as well. Right. So it is, in fact, all it's um, it's. It's leaders, and then it's teacher leaders, and then it's teachers um, who are, you know, coming from the the many many schools we have, and they just volunteer. And certainly, we pay them for curriculum development, but they volunteer to be part of the team that builds the curriculum. And then there are folks who are in our teacher ranks who work on actually vetting the curriculum. So not only do we have people who build it, but we have people who vet it, and and give it a few runs, exercise it a bit before we put it out even to the teachers who are going to use it. So that's exciting okay. as well. That's cool. So in essence, you can build something, then have just a few tested out in an elective, for example, and then, it, and then make tweaks to it and then roll it out more publicly. Yes. Yes. Wow. And that's been great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great because then mm -hmm. you, you've already ironed out some of the different things that come up. All right, and I won't tell you all of that isn't without its struggles because it is. Oh, but, yeah. but, right. <laughs> but it does work, and I think people appreciate since we have a process. It's a very public process, and it works. Then they're they're willing to say, yeah, of course you'll 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 stumble sometimes. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And what one metaphor that we or analogy that we sometimes compare um, here at LearnZillion is the difference between. Um, bonsai trees and Legos and that there's one approach to like building with Legos where you're sort of starting from scratch and just sort of building something totally new up with your Legos versus bonsai trees where you have something to start with and then you think how do I creatively want to trim this to sort of make it uh, special for my particular needs 
that's you a think great about, that's a great story. I've not thought about it that way. <laughs> as the, as you think about this process that you're describing, is it sometimes bonsai trees, sometimes Legos, both more one or the other? How how would you you know think about well, it without that's it? So I would say it's more bonsai, but I would say some people early in the process with it see it as Legos. Got it. Okay. And the coolest piece for me that you just came up with that, it, what's cool is I, I think there's something very organic about this and very natural and it and you have to you have to understand the system to understand how to how to be able to work within it and not fight it. But mm. early on, early on in the process, many people see it as a linear build. And once they've been a part of it long enough, they realize, breathe, take a time, yeah. take a moment and step back uh -huh. and realize you don't have to think of it that way. It yeah. can actually be very organic and you can you can let it have its ebbs and flows of and, and use the energy within the process to make it work. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love how you said breathe in the middle because, you know, you can imagine, and I think a lot of teachers are this way, you want it to be perfect right out the bat, right? Yes. Like, you, yes. you know your kids, you want, and so there's this sense of like, I got to get it perfect. And yet, we know, just like with students who need to do many drafts of a project or a piece of writing, so to adults, it's an iterative process. And breathing and reminding yourself that, hey, we're going to learn, there's going to be feedback, and organically, as a community, we're going to uh, move this thing forward in exciting ways. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. That's that's great. Okay, so um, biggest promises. Uh, you know, you've, in a way, already talked about things you're super excited about, but you know, as you think about the strategy, the curriculum strategy, the way it's playing out, you know, what are some of the, the, the things that just get you excited the most that you see as like bright spots? If someone, you know, if, if a visitor from another country came and, and you got to like take them around to Anne Arundel and talk to them about the vision, you know, what, what classroom might you take them to or elective might you take them to and say this sort of represents the bright spot of what we're, what we're doing? So... So that's a that's those are really great questions. I think I would I would share a few different ones with you. So okay. one of the things that we're doing while we're creating different types of curriculum, we're also putting in strategies and and ideas. We're weaving them into the curriculum and asking people, teachers, to um, think about them and think how you would do them. One of them is change making. So the notion of change making comes from the idea that if you're trying to engage somebody if you give them choice about what they learn and and what they do with what they learn they're more apt to engage at higher levels and then they're more apt to learn more and so change making is something that many people many teachers educators will um will give you they'll say yeah sure change making for that for that high school kid but the notion we had was, could you engage elementary teachers in believing that their young, youngest learners could be change makers? And so one of the classrooms, uh, and there are many that I would take you to, is a classroom of an elementary or middle school teacher who has used change making in the curriculum of whatever they teach 
to engage students to believe that they can do anything. They can, I mean, literally soar um, with the idea that they get to make a choice about something that's going on in their community that's relevant to what they're learning in science, social studies, English, mathematics, and they get to work on a project surrounded by their teammates, and sometimes they choose their teammates and sometimes not. But this idea of change making um, takes the curriculum and makes it relevant and it makes it uh, move from a content, a what, to a how and a why. Because yeah the student has to be an action-oriented right. player and a change agent. That's very cool. I'm very excited about that. And when you see some of the things that have happened in elementary, middle, and high school, it, it just, your hair on your arms stand up. It's so cool yeah. to watch well, them and watch what, them over time. What that makes me think of is that I think something, I hadn't quite thought about this until the way you just described it, but one thing about great teachers is that they, when they see their students, they also see the change makers inside of them. Like they, they believe that this little kid has the like potential to become great in some way. I may not fully understand, but I just believe that they can do that. And the kids pick that up, right? And the kids feel yes. like, oh my God, this teacher knows that I am, I'm going to grow into some sort of butterfly. What I like yes. about what you're describing is, in a way, it bakes in that perspective into the curriculum itself. Like it's 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 a part of how you're approaching it that like the kids get to be change makers. Um, yes, yes. And now, they hopefully, get to, the teachers uh, see that already, but like then it only like brings it to the surface. <laughs> well, and and these teachers that try it, I mean, you got. You, Certainly, you would realize that the the first people to try it are are often the ones who would volunteer for many of you know new opportunities. But when they try it, they will tell you per teacher to a teacher, they will say, "I never dreamed what would happen to the students. I thought it would be amazing in a way of engaging students. I never realized what these young learners would do." and what they do with their curiosity and where they'd follow you know their their thinking and and what they what they would build and what they would be able to tell the community members and because it's theirs they're yeah. able to advocate yep. for themselves they're able to be on this journey almost independently at very young ages it's, it's yeah. exciting to watch that even when you have high expectations when you set that up they even exceed what you realize yes. they could do yeah. yes so right. exciting yeah, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah, really cool. Um, challenges. In a way, you, you reflected on this very early on about how it's different for teachers when, when you're focused on this application um, of curriculum. But would love to hear more as, as you're, you know, rolling up your sleeves and working as yourself as a change maker in Anne Arundel um, County Public Schools. What are the sort of biggest challenges you bump into as, as you try to, you know, move things in this direction? I think the biggest challenge is convincing people that they have the permission to do things differently. Mm. They, they really, um, many of our educators feel um, this heavy burden of not only what they must accomplish and cover uh, with respect to a curriculum, but that they that there are rules to every step of the game. 
and that um, when we ask them to think differently and do things differently, there's a fear about changing, but I think that's just normal human fear about change. But even when we move that slowly but surely out of the way, there is this um, belief that they need permission to really explore and think about teaching differently. That, and and even when uh, even when convinced of that, there's there's a uh, a disbelief for a period of time. And you, and we have learned a bit how to get through that a little faster how to engage them a little more and, and engage them in different types of professional development to actually get them to, to, to be okay with saying, you know, this, this will be okay. I, I, need to, I need to think differently and I need to uh, try what's being right. put out in front of me. And so yeah. that's, that's been something. Yeah, yeah. The other thing You're, I would say is, yeah, go ahead. Well, you're encouraging them to take risks and that is anytime you take a risk, you're sort of vulnerable. And basically, as a result, you need to give permission that, you know, we want you to do it. We believe that you can do it. Um, and you're not going to be somehow, you know, uh, in trouble for, for taking this yes. risk. Yeah. That's right. And along with that is um, the notion that the system has to change, too. We have to think about scheduling differently and, and approaching students differently and grouping them differently. I mean, um, uh, some of the challenges are, are about system structures. And so we've been, we've been engaging our, our leaders in systems thinking and really uh, trying, to, trying to get them to uh, realize that it's not just, you, you can't act on any one part of the system and, and get great change. You have to realize it is a system and you have to think about it that way such that, you know, while you're thinking about developing a teacher, professionally developing them differently and, and redoing the curriculum, you also have to think about scheduling students in a school differently and, and maybe expecting what the administration would say to teachers and evaluate teachers differently. Everything has to be looked at as a possible yep. place for change. Yep. So that's a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this uh, this is like your equivalent project uh, to the change-making project for the elementary students. You're just yes, a grown-up version. Of what that's, they're doing. Exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, okay, so now a final question here. Uh, this time is is racing by already, but. Um, you've been, let's, let's imagine that you, it's five years from now and you've been incredibly successful with this project. Uh, it's gone well, there's been change and we now suddenly flash forward five years and follow a student or a teacher into their school. What looks different now, five years later than, than, than to November, 2017? Five years from now, I hope teachers are teaching some of the core and they're out there on the edge and kids are engaged in community activities outside the school walls as well as in. I definitely hope that teachers also have passion projects. We've moved into these 0.25 passion modules where we're trying to uh, engage high school teachers to develop these nine-week modules. You know, it could be something like um, uh, one of our our social studies teachers came to us and, and was talking about he he was really interested in political science and the politics of trade 
And he said, you know, I talk to my kids all the time about um, different parts of the world and how trade is very different now than it ever used to be. So he's developing a 0.25 credit module around the politics of trade in the 21st century. It's mm. so cool what he's thinking about, but what you get out of that is you get a teacher who now yeah. has been empowered to design what learning looks like, right? So yeah. I think more teachers will have the core done differently, but they'll also have passion modules that they're teaching that we're supporting. Um, I think community members will be part of the fabric of a school inside and out in a way that we never dreamed that they could be. We're headed there now, but I think they will be. I think our students will all leave school having had an internship. I think they will leave school having learned in in the face-to-face -face online and hybrid world. I think they, um, I think how they learn, what they learn, when they learn, and, and the choice to learn it will all be more in their hands than it is right now. And that excites me. I know it scares people to death, but I it can, really excites me because that'll, that says that we're going to be asked to really step up our game, right, to be able yep. to have that happen. But when we step up our game, kids are going to be more apt to be engaged with us. Um, right, right. And, oh. and that'll be neat. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Five years yeah. from now is going to be awesome. Well, I love it, and I love that, you know, stepping up your game you having just told the story about the politics of trade and and the passion that the teacher had for that in a way stepping up your game is also permission to yes. actually do what excites you and you know makes the hair stand up on your on your right. on your uh, arm so yes. it's uh it's not that doing the hard work is drudgery actually doing the hard work is you know joyful design work um, yes. Hard, never perfect, you know, as you said, iterative, but um, but that is really cool. It is cool. It's a great, great time to be in education because I think I that agree. the opportunities yes. are amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are we are at time here. Um, Dr. McMahon, it has been a real pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me and, and sharing your vision for the future of curriculum. Um, it's certainly an inspiring one. Thank you very much. Okay, take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.